Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode one. Uh, no, holy shit. 212 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. Wow. I'm Kevin, but you like threw us back a little bit, mister. Yeah. yeah. You were going to say 112. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy Toledo. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if we sound exactly the same as we did before, that's because we're recording these back to back. Hey, and guess fucking, what? why not? Um, before we get started with your episode, we got to roll a We got to roll this cube because we forgot to do this for Kevin at the end of the last one. So, Dickweed, you get... Paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. Parabnormal. So Kevin will be doing a paranormal episode next week. But this week, because I rolled a crime last time, thank God I rolled a crime last time. Jesus Christ. He gets a woody over a crime. Yeah, but this is also the first proper serial killer that we've covered in almost a fucking year. Really? Yeah, because every time you roll a crime, you're like, I'm going to do a bank robbery or a fucking train heist or anything to avoid a murderer. Why do I have to do a murderer all the time? Because we never fucking do. You've never done one on your own, have you? Nope. Nope. Quit being a bitch and do a murderer next time. Why do I have to? Because why the fuck not? Dude. Because <sighs> that's what people want true crime. They want a fucking murderer every There's else more while. to true crime than just fucking murder. I understand that. But all we ever do is other shit. <laughs> well, well, fuck them. It's like, we can do a true, you can do a, a, a fucking serial Sorry killer. Sorry if that hurts your feelings, but guess what? You can do a serial killer and have it not be one of the big, like, fucking six, you know? Well, Sometimes, you know what? I, 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 everybody else says fucking serial killers. Why can't we just do a true crime? Because true crime fucking involves a lot of different things. Because people don't want that. They want, they want fucking murder, well, man. you know what? They want fuck murder. So, I'm going to do something we've never done before for a serial killer. Not the fact that she's a woman, because we have covered a woman. This is going to be the first time that we, well, yeah, I guess not really, but it's the first time in a while that we've covered a serial killer with no sexual motivation behind it. Because I wanted to challenge myself because everybody's like, hey, I'm going to fucking fuck somebody and then kill him. Or I'm going to do the other way and kill him and then fuck him because that's how serial killers work. No, no, not this time. Dorothea Puente never did that. She didn't, but she's also the only other one that's that was like that that we've covered. <sighs> Wasn't so. um 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 what's his name um in fucking uh oh god damn it I'm trying to think of him uh, in fucking Europe there the one that uh, was it in Russia or whatever the one that you fucking did Anatoliana Pranko didn't he didn't he didn't he was fucking with bodies dude. Yeah, that couple that he killed in the car, he... But he, that was the only time, though. Doesn't matter. It still counts. Okay, all right. And Israel Keys was doing the same stuff, so... He didn't fuck on any bodies. No, he just fucked that one poor girl before he killed her with zip ties in his garage. So. Yeah, but he didn't... Yeah. There's still sexual motivation behind it. But this is one that not a lot of people have heard of, uh, most likely. I have listened to a few podcasts that have covered her. But it kind of ties into my last week's episode where we talked about Patty Maine. We're going to talk about 
Leonardo Chanchuli. You made that name up. I did not. Leonardo Chanchuli. I did not make that up. So she's born April 14th, 1894 in Montella, Avellino, Italy, which sounds like a pizza restaurant. <laughs> it does. It's also a small village about 65 kilometers from Salerno, where every goddamn gangster comes from other than Sicily. Old-timey gangsters were all from fucking Salerno. There was a ton of them. Yeah. A ton of them. I mean, the real ones were from Sicily. <laughs> real ones? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Tell the Jews and the fucking Russians that. The real ones. <laughs> anyway. No, because there were some bad sons of bitches that came out of Salerno. <laughs> so, considering the story you're about to hear, you can imagine that her childhood was Great. suboptimal, to say the least. Um, her life was pretty much shit from the absolute beginning. She's the product of her mother, Amelia, being raped by her father, her father, by her father, Mariano Cianciulli. Uh, he was a drunk that didn't really have a, <clears throat> didn't have a good time holding jobs. And Amelia was from a higher station than him because this is back when there was a lot of classism in Europe. Not okay. that that's changed, but anyway. So she's from a higher Station. echelon than him. Yeah. Um, and he kept kind of seeing her around town and he's like, wow, she's really pretty. Cause I've seen, they, they, there's pictures of her mother. She was a very attractive woman. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mariano, not so much. No, <laughs> not so much, but he got obsessed with her, but he also hated her because he knew that with her being from a higher born family than him, mm-hmm. he would never have a chance with this woman. And instead of, I don't know, trying to win her over by being charming or, you know, being nice to her or something, he just goes, I got a great idea. <laughs> and one night he sees his chance to just really fucking knock her down a peg or two, you know. She's at a big fancy party with a man that she'd been seeing. Uh, she's enjoying her time, hanging out, you know, whatever. And fucking Mariano is hanging out in the bushes just outside of the estate where this party is. He's drinking, uh, I would assume he's probably drinking cheap wine, you know, like that shit with the, the built-in wicker basket around it. Um, Chianti is what I'm looking for. The most Italian of wines, because it's like a green bottle with like a, it's got, it's got like a fucking wicker basket wrapped around the bottom of it. Isn't Chianti like a really good wine? No, you can, it's a type of wine. You can get it cheap. And I've seen, it's like 12 bucks a bottle. It's cheap. Okay. I'm, I'm not a wine guy, but I have not a fucking clue. You know. So I somebody's gonna come gonna tell us, you know, no, you're dip bunch of dipshits. Actually Chianti's a really fucking expensive wine. Listen, okay. if I want to drink grape juice, I'll drink fucking grape juice. Thanks. Hey. You know. <laughs> um so Amelia decided that the time had come for her to go home. And she decides that since she doesn't live that far away and it's a really nice night, she's just gonna walk home herself. She didn't make it very far from the estate um, before she was knocked to the ground and dragged into an adjacent field where Mariano sexually assaulted her. Surprise. Guess what? Never fucking saw that coming, huh? So she was then forced into marriage by both families because after she went like a few months without telling anybody. Because when yeah. she woke up the next morning, she thought there was a dream. And then she woke up and she's got fucking dry blood all over her legs and shit. Oh, um, so it wasn't a good thing by any stretch. Um, and then when she finally admitted to her parents what had happened, 
and she kind of remembered who it was. So the two families get together and have fucking dinner. There is so many Italian stereotypes in this. Like you look at my son, you made you 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 made the eyes at him. You're gonna marry him. Yeah, well, fucking a. <laughs> well, uh, and that was all with the fucking pasta ravioli ends. But it's because this is Catholic country. Oh, and you know you've dishonored your family by having sex with this man against your will. Now you're marrying him. How dare you do Because that? you cannot have a child and not be married. Hmm. Because that is a sin. But raping a woman, totally fucking cool. Thanks. We don't give a shit. Whatever. You know. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> there's a reason that there's a place, I believe it's in the Congo, that has started handing out these anti-rape kits to women. Which, um, <laughs> it's a plastic tube that they insert into themselves. And it has barbs on the inside of it. So if anybody tries to enter you without permission, it's like sticking your cock in a bunch of fish hooks. Because then you pull back and then, you know, she can set the hook and just really, really oh, in, you know? Yeah. You're not getting away, motherfucker. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. You're going to bleed to death, motherfucker. <laughs> Who's on their period now? Yeah. <laughs> you, you want that dick? Don't fight. Oh, this is mine now. She just twists and takes it off. Yeah. Right at the fucking base. Whap. Roll the hips. Roll the hips. <laughs> Lock and twist. This is a UFC fight. The guy in the, in the crowd. Grab his dick and twist it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we shouldn't joke about this because this is fucking terrible. Anyway. It is. The unhappy little family. Uh, they kind of stayed that way. Uh, Mariano would regularly be in Rape Amelia um, for pretty much any infraction. Not keeping the house clean. Um, it was more of a shack than anything that they lived in. Cause he didn't have any fucking money. Um, uh, oh. not having dinner ready when he came home or if he's just having a bad day. Again, this is like the most stereotypical Italian bullshit. And there's so much of it that's going to happen, Kevin. Oh my it's, God. This is stereotypical. Like just, I don't know. This dude invented old, like old way of thinking. This dude of invented the wife beater. I'm telling you. Did he? I'm fucking telling you. Uh, and he's Italian, so it's fucking... With the fucking hunt. shoulder hair up around it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He had a little gold horn necklace and everything. Fucking Teen yeah. Wolf coming out. Hair <laughs> slicked back and shit. Yeah. He looked like Fonzie if he was an alcoholic. Hey. So when having these bad days, she'd try to go back and talk to her parents and basically try to get them to let her leave him. And her mother would say... More than once said, quote... If you didn't want to live with him, you shouldn't have given up your purity to him. Which is really fucking gross to say to somebody that's been raped. Yeah. Especially your daughter. Her her father should have beaten this guy to death with a boat oar. Or one of those fucking poles out of the thing in Venice, you know. Should have fucking should have done something. Yeah. This guy should have been found somewhere with his neck broken because that's, that's but he, gross. But she didn't. Different time, yeah. different place. Fucking Catholics. It's just how it goes. Anyway. I can't, you can't change, you can't, I mean, as much as people want to change history, you can't oh, I know. fucking it's change just, history. I know, but it's just like, you imagine this shit going on nowadays, it wouldn't fucking fly at all. I mean, there's probably people back then that didn't fly for anyway, you know, but these particular people, it, 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 it was okay, you know? Yeah, Roman Catholics were like, nah, nah, you, this is your fault. You were born with guilt, and this is your fault. So just keep the fucking 
the pain train rolling, baby, because you're in for it. Anyway, one night while Mariano's out getting just absolutely wine drunk with his boys, Amelia goes into labor. And she actually crawled out of bed and out into the street to find someone to try to help her. Um, And eventually found someone who was willing to go get the fucking town midwife to help her deliver this baby. She came across a few other people that were like, mm, and just like walked away from her because mm. they wanted nothing to do with it. So, um, so after a long and painful process, Leonardo would come into the world and would be immediately disliked by her mother. Uh, she saw this tiny child as a reminder of everything that she's lost over the last nine months. Nice big family home, freedom to have some say in what she could do and who she could be with. Her dignity, you know, little stuff like that. Over the next few years, they would be moving almost constantly because Dickhead was spending any money that he was making, either drinking, gambling, or both. Um, Instead of, you know, paying rent or feeding his wife and kid. You know, shit that you should probably reevaluate after you've had a child. But, uh, you know, some people don't grow up. When Leonardo was a toddler, Amelia... Amelia... Fucking Amelia. Fucking Amelia. Um, she, she took out all of her frustration and anger on this little girl. Anytime Mariano came home in a bad mood, he'd beat the shit out of Amelia. And then, you know, shit just kind of rolls downhill. It's it's upper management. You know, it's my problem, but now it's your problem. Um, so about three years into this very unhappy marriage, Mariano just stops coming home. Uh, about a week later, Amelia has figured out, like, I haven't been beaten in a while. I wonder where... I wonder where he went. So she starts going around to all his friends' houses and ends up finding him in a coma with one of his drinking buddies in his house. So she rouses this guy to get him to bring her husband home. Um, Not out of any kind of love or anything, because once they got him home, she put him in bed and just sat there and watched him die. Never called the doctor. Nothing. She wanted to make sure he was gone for good this time. At the funeral... Again, Amelia does the most Italian thing I've ever heard. After all the mourners have left, she kneels in front of the gravestone. She then told her daughter that they'd be better off without him around. Which, probably right. Yeah. Um, Amelia tries to get back into the good graces of her her family, and her mother is still being a huge bitch about the whole thing. Um, And she wants nothing to do with her, and she is pissed. When Amelia goes, well, I gotta get remarried, because... Now, women aren't allowed to work in the early 1900s in Italy. So it's either that or we starve to death because my mother's being a, forgive the word, rude to me. Um, I was going to say cunt, but I decided that, you know. Being a bitch. We'll we'll save that one for a special occasion. (laughs) Mm. So she's real pissed off when she gets remarried because apparently a Catholic thing is you get married the one time and that's it. Yeah, Even know. though, you know, till death do us part, one of them dies, then they parted, and then... I mean, unless you... think, you know, you've parted amicably, let's, you know, move on, but... I mean, if you... There's only way, like, to get a divorce, it's, you know, through the Catholic, you know, belief system. It's, you have to... Well, yeah, I think you have to go, like, be annulled. I think you have to create your own version of Christianity to do so. No, yeah, Like that one king did. You have to, you have to annul it. <laughs> you know, I mean... You, I'm... You, you can get it annulled, but I mean, that's just, you know... You're not going to let me divorce her? I'll just fucking kill her. I don't care. Okay. You know. I don't want to... Or in Italy, you have to, like, 
pass your child underneath a donkey three times back and forth, and then that's how you end a marriage or something. I don't know. Or how that. you get rid of uh, rickets, or I have no idea. <laughs> Gypsy bullshit. Um, so anyway, Amelia remarries within a year of uh, losing her shitbag husband. Then the new man, oh, so the new man has got a bit more money than Mariano ever had. And the new happy couple start spending days and nights out, going out to, you know, lunch and going dancing at night, you know, just having fun, which is totally cool because Leonardo just becomes basically a latchkey kid. Here you go. We'll be home when we're home. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, so life stayed much the same for Leonardo. Um, her mom only paying attention to her when she was beating her or berating her for any tiny infraction. And it was in her early teens, and by early teens, I mean 10 to 12 years old, um, that she decides to try to kill herself for the first time. She took her bed sheets off, tied a noose, uh, tied it to a beam, jumped off. And because she wasn't very good at tying knots, which, depending on how you look at it, either good or bad luck, uh, the noose would come loose and uh, she'd fall. Um this would result in a crushed larynx, which would cause her to not be able to speak for about a week. Um, her mother didn't even notice that she wasn't talking. That's how much she paid attention to this kid. Um, about a year later, about a year later, she would try it again and again, fail in her attempt. Um, and at another time before she hit like 15, she tried to swallow a bunch of broken glass. Um, and that really didn't, <laughs> didn't do what she wanted it to do. But she took these three failed suicide attempts as a sign that she is supposed to live. Okay. Okay. I get that. I can yeah. see that. You know, that's fine. As she gets into her early 20s, Amelia notices that Leonardo wasn't really all that bad looking of a woman. Um, spoiler alert. That's going to change quick, fast, and in a hurry because this woman looks like an old catcher's mitt in her pictures. She is ugly. Like, mud fence ugly. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, So, she, Amelia, starts setting up these little secret meetings with eligible and, more importantly, wealthy men of society to try to marry her daughter off to. And she was using this to marry her off to a higher station to try to get back to where she was. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what your kid wants. It's what you want. That's the important thing. Who gives a shit about that kid? Fuck yeah. that kid. It's about you. It's all about Amelia. Always about Amelia. Fucking bitch. Then she crashed the plane. So little did mom know that Leonardo was already seeing someone and had been for a few years. Hussy. <laughs> Man. His name is Raphael. And he works, ah, and he works at a post office. So he didn't make the kind of money that her mother wanted him to be making. But Leonardo actually loved him. And that's why they were together. Because they actually enjoyed being around each other. You know, like a healthy fucking relationship. Not one where you're forced into a marriage with your rapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and mom can't have that because, you know, you can't have a better life than I had, you little shit. Uh-huh. You know, because that's kind of what being a parent's about, is making sure your kids have a a better go of shit than you did, you know. That's kind of what you want, for the most part. You should want. Yeah. Some so, just don't give a fuck. Exactly. So, regardless of the seven-year age gap between the two, 
They're married. Uh, Raphael's family shows up. Her mother does not. Uh, Raphael's family consisting of his three brothers and their trainer that lived in the sewer. Uh, Leonardo's mother refused to attend this wedding because she did not approve of her daughter's choice in men. Because, you know, marrying a blue a blue collar guy that fucking works. Pfft. Idiot. How dare you make? Uh, how dare you marry a guy that's named after a sculptor? You son how of a bitch. How dare you marry a man that you actually love? I wasn't allowed to do that. She's a spiteful bitch. If it weren't for fucking Amelia, this story never would have happened. And we're going to get into why right here. So after the ceremony, Leonardo goes back to her parents' home to gather all of her other stuff. And Amelia's there and she lost her mind. Starts screaming at her, fucking slapping at her. And then she puts a curse on her daughter's marriage. Being a very superstitious people, <laughs> Leonardo took it to heart, and the first years of the marriage were a bit rough. Raphael noticed that Leonardo would get, like, visibly upset when she burned dinner or couldn't get stains out of his clothing. He didn't understand why, but because she, she had never told him that as a kid she got the shit kicked out of her for anything. And from what, from what she said herself, Raphael never even raised his voice to her. Like, never, like, laid hands on her, nothing. Yeah. And anytime she fucked up, it's just that... That it's built into mental. your brain, you know, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Where you're like, oh, fuck. You know, I fucked up and I know what's going to happen next kind of thing. Yeah. But it never did. Um, so when the stress really set in, she started having convulsions that were... Not quite seizures, but pretty fucking close to seizures. Um, she most likely did have like a mild form, of, a mild form of epilepsy, but never went to a doctor because she didn't think that the doctor would believe her that these convulsions were caused by a curse that her mother had put on her, because she didn't have any of these until after she was cursed. Okay. Well, Apple, so well, I mean, they they think that, I think they think that she was uh, nuts. Because or or because uh, I think epilepsy like probably during this time was um it was something I can't remember if it was like it meant like you were nuts or you were possessed by a devil or some shit like that. Well, I mean, what would you rather? <laughs> if you're okay, so you're this doctor, and this woman comes in, and she goes, "I keep getting these shakes and stuff," um, and you're a doctor, and you go, "Well, you've either." got epilepsy or your whore gypsy mother put a curse on you. She goes, that's the one that's when you go. Okay. So wait, hold on. I'm confused. <laughs> the doc's really, that's what the doc would say. Wait, I'm confused. No, Which the one? doctor would go, hold on. Here's this little paper cup. I just need you to swallow this real quick and just sit down. We got to talk. <laughs> and then you wake up in a fucking padded room. Uh huh. So, uh, da, 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 da. So she would end up seeking help, but not from a doctor. This time she would seek help from a literal traveling gypsy fortune teller. Because hmm. that's, that's the way to go. That's who you go see. The early 1900s, Italy was lousy with gypsies. And this one just so happened to be of the Romani flavor. Hmm. After desperately pleading for a palm reader, the woman drags her off to her tent. Leonardo is convinced that this curse that her mother placed on her had something to do with, um, you know, she's like, this curse is going to, it's, it's to kill me. 
she's trying to kill me with a curse. She said that to the palm reader. It's probably true. You don't go to a psychic or a palm reader, etc., and tell them anything. Because then they play along with it. Because they're fucking crazy. You're supposed to go to a psychic or whatever. Completely blank. Just go in and sit down and be like, all right, tell me something. You know, you're not supposed to go in and be like, hey, so my grandmother died. Her name is Lucy. Uh, and my head hurts. So what do I do? You're like, oh, well, it sounds like I'm getting a, a Lucy. You got a grandmother named Lucy? That's coming through. Oh, my God. My grandmother's name's Lucy. Okay. So Lucy says that you need to like mm, not put your hair up so tight. Oh, my God. She used to tell me that all the time. Crazy. Holy shit. Right. Fifty dollars. Thanks. You know, you, you you don't give you don't give a fucking psychic any ammunition. You just go in and let them do their thing. Just blank slate. Never been to a psychic. Because that's how they get you is by giving them too much fucking information. The reader takes Leonardo's hand and traces the lifeline and says, no, you're not going to die for a long time. You're going to live a long and full life of sadness. And you're going to outlive all of your children. And she goes, oh, fuck, I'm going to have kids. That's pretty cool. Um, so this is all the confirmation that she needs, that her mother's curse was for real. This broke her heart because her and Raphael wanted nothing more than to have a really big family. They wanted, like, a fucking fleet of children. Hmm. Okay? Um, so, all in all... She would get pregnant 17 times. Four of them would make it through like infancy. So she had 10, 13, sorry, that would die. That were either miscarriages, stillborn or died in infancy. So that's not a, not a good record. So at a 17, you get four. Um, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of sorrow. Yeah, and I I honestly think that she wanted this to make up for all of the affection and shit that she didn't receive as a kid. She had love to give, and she wanted to give it to her kids because she never got any. After three years of trying, Leonardo would become pregnant, and the added stress of what the gypsy told her had her seizures getting more frequent, uh, which has a negative effect on the pregnancy, uh, obviously. And this is the first one that she would lose about three months into the pregnancy. Shortly after that, in 1920, they would leave Montella and head 100 miles away to Raphael's hometown. I can't remember the name of it because I couldn't spell it. Okay. But it's another Italian like, little uh, you know, Italian village. Um, so they saved up enough money to buy a nice little place and start over. Being away from her mother really had a, a positive effect on her health, and she started to get better. The seizures are becoming less frequent and far less intense. So the curse has a, uh, a fucking area of effect. You know, you got to get away from the bubble, mm. you know. So after a few years here, she'd be thrown in prison in 1927 for fraud because she's trying to pass fake banknotes because they are broke because they've spent all their money trying to pay bills and, you know, eat and shit like that. Mm. From there, they decide to start over and they head to Macedonia. Then in 1930, the bad luck continues um, when their home is destroyed by an earthquake. Uh, it's estimated that this quake was around a 6.6 .6 magnitude. Um, 
killed about a thousand people and it, it actually originated in the town they were in. So they got really lucky that all it did was destroy their house and not kill them too. Hmm. Um, after losing their home, they'd head back to Italy. More specifically, they would land in the town of Correggio. Correggio is a small town tucked into the middle of a kind of an imaginary crossroads between Milan, Genoa, Bologna, and Venice. Okay. So there's just some pretty sizable cities and it's mm. right smack dab in the middle of them, like a, a distance from each, but you know, okay. out in the middle of nowhere, but close enough to be able to go to any of them. Yeah. 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 So I, I did look up some pictures and it looks like a nice little, nice little village. So if like picture Venice without the open air sewer running through it, you know, cause that's all that waterway is. That's it's a fucking basically a sewer system. And from what I've been told, it's like, oh, it looks great. And then you get close to it and it stinks because it's just full of yuck. You know, I had not a fucking clue. I don't either. But I've been told by people that have been there that it smells. Huh? So here she sets up a little shop selling, uh, you know, like tea cakes. She's making perfumes, herbal remedies. And of course, she's making homemade soap because she's got all the stuff to do it. Might as well make some money. You know, help out a little bit with the bills. This is also when things get a little odd. Because here she starts kind of like waiting until Raphael's gone to work. And she busts out these books and she starts to study the occult. And try to find a way to lift her mother's curse. Um, another thing she's doing is a little bit on the side. Is uh, she's doing some fortune telling shit. You know, in the shop. And... Uh, She's now giving advice to people throughout town. They come in, see her. Fucking, yeah, that's a jam stain. But no, I think you're going to be fine. You know, palm reading shit like that. So in the process of doing all of this fortune telling stuff, she learns the old trick of fortune tellers and gypsies alike of telling people what they want to hear. Because this is a great tactic because you get repeat customers that way. Yeah. If you scare the shit out of somebody, they never come back. If you tell somebody, you look at the, you know, you're doing their reading, you go, oh man, you only got a couple days left. They're going to go spend all their fucking money because they're going to die. Probably not, but they think they are. Yeah. You know, so you tell people what, you, what they want to hear. Mm. Oh no, you, if you keep coming back here and having me look at your grubby ass hands, set for life. You're going to have fucking gold doubloons and shit, you know, na- you know dancing ladies. It's going to be perfect. You're going to love it. Yeah. You know, everything you've ever wanted. Anything you've ever imagined. So you get them hooked. They come back for more and more and more. And they spend more because they're in the shop, too. They're buying soap. They're buying candles. All that other shit. By February of 1931, uh, she had gotten pregnant and lost another child. Not the first, not the last, you know. Um, but this is kind of where she hits her breaking point. And uh, she goes to another fortune teller. Because she can't read her own fortune anymore because, you know. That's not how this shit works. Yeah. Uh, so this one had another idea for her. And I'm going to tell you what that is after we come back from a quick break. So this other fortune teller says, listen, I know you're a Catholic. I know you're very devoutly religious. But if you give your soul over to the devil, the next pregnancy is going to stick. Done deal. Absolutely. Whatever it takes. In 1934, she would have her fourth child, and things, I mean, obviously, they're still not perfect. Uh, Raphael starts drinking, and Leonardo, who's 
now a successful business owner and kind of saw this as a child, what, you know, this drinking shit turns into. She divorces him, kicks his ass to the curb. I don't need no man. Get the fuck out. Mm. So he just kind of disappears from the story from here um, because he doesn't do anything notable to make a newspaper or anything like that. So he's just poof gone. He doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay. After another event that's about to make Leonardo's life difficult, which is her oldest son, Giuseppe. Ah, Giuseppe. Yeah. Before he became a character on our show, Giuseppe, um, he was feeling some good old green, white, and red pride, and he joins up with the most haphazard collection of bumble fucks in World War II history, which is the Italian army. Ah. Um, He didn't get drafted. He volunteered to go fight in the Italian army. Okay. That's 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 been a bad idea since since the fall of Rome. Okay, because mm. they've not done shit since then. Um, so he had no idea about the curse because, you know, she she had never brought up the curse or any kind of prophecy or anything like that because you don't want to tell your kids like, ah, you know, I got a curse, man. I'm gonna outlive all of you. Yeah, because that kind of scares the kids. You know, like, ah, I'm you're gonna die and I'm still gonna be here. You know. Probably not some shit that you really want to tell your kids. No. Um, so this poor son of a bitch could have very easily come face to face with somebody like a Matt Urban or Patty Maine who would have turned him inside out and just used him over and over and over again just for the sake of doing it. Um, and we talked a couple weeks ago about what Patty Maine did to the you know did to the Italians, and he was man, he was really good. And mm. you know, of course, mom can't have any of that. So she comes to the conclusion that there's only one way to protect her sweet, sweet boy. Sacrifices need to be made. One life pays for another. It's kind of how black magic works. Uh, If somebody is going to live, another person has to die in their place. So now she got no husband to, you know, stick his nose in. And Uh uh, she's a successful business owner. She's got her fortune telling going as a side gig. She starts looking for people to use that could take the place of her son. In the fall of 1973, I'm sorry, 1973, holy shit. You'll see where I get confused here. The fall of 1939, 73-year-old Faustina Setti comes into the shop. Faustina, yeah. (laughs) So, like, she's about to kill the cast of the Italian Golden Girls, okay? You better not tell me fucking... She, I, I think... No, actually, no. Sophia was actually the youngest of them on there, even though I mean, she played the oldest character. She was Sicilian. She was. Um, well, I don't know which one this would be. Well, uh, it's, not, been... it's not Rose or Blair. Blanche? Blanche. Uh, Blair was uh, Facts of Life. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> God, I hate that I know that. Oh, shit. Anyway. Hey, and, and I knew that you were... I went instantly oh, went, yeah, you're man. right. Uh, and Tootie and, and Joe, Joe, and, yeah. the one that looked like fucking John Travolta with a ponytail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That's what you get growing up at your grandmother's house and watch TV, though. You know, Natalie is the one that nobody liked because she was fat. <laughs> and Blair was a cunt. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that. Yeah. And then, you know, there was Tootie. She was the black one. Yeah. That's the only reason anybody remembers her. It's like, oh, the black character. Okay, yeah, that's Tootie. <laughs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the Cosby show. What are you doing here? Huh? Weird. Black girl at summer camp. 
strange. Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck that show was about. And then there was, uh, uh, what was it? Mrs. Uh, fuck, what was her name? Barrett? No. She had huge boobs, though. <laughs> she was, she was, had that fucking voice of that was like, wow. like, oh my gosh, you're, you're killing me, lady. Stop with the noise, with the voice. Facts of life. Oh my god, you can watch it on fucking Pluto TV. Uh, I don't really want to. Um, rather not watch commercials. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Nope. <laughs> I forgot fucking George Clooney was in that. What? Facts of Life. That was, was like it was, it was like one of his first acting gigs. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me, Mrs. Garrett? Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, enough yeah. of that ridiculous shit. Um. So anyway, fucking Sophia walks in here. Uh, Fa- <laughs> Faustina Setti comes into the shop looking to get her uh, get her fortune told. Faustina Setti. Uh. Hey, I do it. So Setti had been single her whole life, and she knew that you know. 73 years old, time's kind of drawing short, even though Italians, like, actual, like, in Italy, Italians live for fucking ever. Yeah, they smoke cigarettes and fucking they drink They smoke wine. cigarettes and drink wine, and they pickle themselves. They live forever. Yeah. Um, like, what? Uh, there's been a couple of people that have held the oldest person alive record that were all from, like, this very small area of Italy, where they're, like, 130 fucking years old, you know? Yeah. Um, some of them remember the Roman Empire, which is they impressive. Do. They probably do. Um, but anyway, so she's been single her whole life. She's looking for, she wants somebody to spend the la- like the final tail end of her life with. Doesn't want to die alone. So she's been looking for, you know, her man for her entire life. And I'm guessing that she may possibly be the only Italian woman that didn't know how to cook. Because that right there is enough reason to marry an Italian woman. Just for the food. Because God damn it, can they cook? Yeah. To me, it'd be like also like marrying a Mexican woman because they can cook, yeah, and butts, uh huh, you know, which uh-huh. I'm I'm into either way. Uh, you like big bucks and you yep. cannot lie. I, I have a type, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but so she comes in with a pocket full of just pocket jingling full of lira. We're talking big money, like thirty thousand lira. <laughs> oh God, I was <laughs> sorry. Uh, I just thought of a song. What? Just when you said pocket full of, you know, yeah, okay, never mind. I was just thinking of a song, country song. Rolling down a rodeo, pocket full of lira. No. Oh. I went like. Full of money going chingling ling. Oh, I I went with like the richest communist band of all time. Fuck capitalism, but our tickets are $900 a piece. See Uh. you there. Uh, Anyway, so 30,000 lira, which at the time. Translated to about fifteen dollars twenty five cents American, which still in the you know the late thirties, fifteen dollars American that's pretty good money. That's what GIs are getting paid to go fight in World War Two. Mm. That's why so many dudes went airborne because they got an extra five dollars a week uh, a, a week or a month, whatever. Yeah, you know, um, a month. Yeah. So she's been saving for months to make this appointment with her little fortune teller buddy. She gives it all to Leonardo. Leonardo tells her that. For that kind of money, I can find you a man. I can find you a good man. I can find you a man whose dick still works. Whoa. And she's like, yes. Dicks that work? Yeah. Fucking right. I could get my fucking cobweb sweeper. Let's get this thing going. Yeah. 
So Leonardo just so happens to know a wealthy man in Croatia. Like he's got money, he's got property, his dick still works probably, and he's <laughs> looking for love. And guess what? He's 68 years old. So he's even younger than her. He's going to be a fucking tiger in the sack, you know? Damn. 68 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he's going for the cougar. Yeah. Huh? He's going he's gonna to kick off his circulation socks and just fucking give it to her. Oh, yeah. Actually, you want to keep the socks on to get better traction that way. No, that's only hospital socks because he's got the grips. Circulation socks are probably probably like regular socks. You don't have any grip. Well, it puts more pressure up. So I mean, you know, more stuff in the you know, know uh, in the old shalangalanga. I, I can't feel my feet, but I'll fucking give you hell. <laughs> hey. Uh, so anyway, Faustina is like super happy to hear about this. Didn't think anything was at all weird when Leonardo starts giving her a series of instructions. Tells her you need to sell your house, sell all of your valuables. Anything to make money because I can help you get there, but I can't help you stay there. You know what I mean? So she does all this and then she tells her, I need you to write a series, like write a few letters. Wait till you get there to send them, write them to your friends, your family. Obviously you don't have any kids cause you know, you're 73 year old spinster. You got no family like that. Just write letters to anybody that cares about you. Wait till you get there to send them so that they can't stop you because I can tell you what's going on, but you still have free will enough to stop this from happening. So wait till you get there, shoot your letters off. Be like, Hey, I went to Croatia. I got me some dong. I'm happy. Also tells her, listen, the gray hair, not going to cut it. That's got to be blonde, dude. Let's, you got to dye your hair. So she, she dyes her hair, sells all her shit, and then comes back with all these letters. She's really, really happy. Very excited about all this. Hands Leonardo the letters. And then, uh, you know, Leonardo's like, hey, you know, this is cause for celebration. Let's have a drink. Pours her a glass of wine. And uh, I, I forgot to mention here, I, I really think because there was a, a direct quote from her that Leonardo would write later, said, I can't wait to go to Croatia, which I think makes her the first person in the history of the world to ever say, I can't wait to go to Croatia. Because, I mean, why would you want to go there? Might be nice. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a not great place. Never been there. That's like, hey, man, I really can't wait to go to fucking Lithuania. Nobody's ever fucking heard of Lithuania. What the fuck's there? Nothing. They got roads, trees, bears. What the fuck's in Lithuania? It might be nice, man. Nobody knows. You never know. I don't know. Might be a nice place to go. I don't know. It's like, man, I so can't wait to go to fucking... You know, Turkmenistan, it's going to be great. No, I mean, nobody's ever gone there willingly. Or Kyrgyzstan or one of the other assorted Stanleys, you know, because there's a bunch of them over there. Exactly. Um, so anyway, Leonardo pours her a glass of wine, pours yourself a glass too. You know, why not? We're feeling a little feisty. Let's have some wine. You don't have to feel feisty to have wine in Italy. It's celebration. It's like water. You know, so Faustina drinks hers and she's, she, you know, she goes, I, I don't really feel right. You know, blasphemy. Like, is this wine bad? Is there something wrong with it? And Leonardo apparently just smiled at her. And as this frail old woman is realizing that she's been drugged, Leonardo stands up, walks to the corner of the counter and picks up the hatchet that she'd had stored next to a cupboard. <laughs> Faustina is still struggling to stay conscience, uh, conscious, stay conscious. 
when Leonardo slammed the hatchet into the side of her head. And then when she slumped, she struck her again in the side of the head. Then she flit, like flailed and fell off the table, and then she dropped it one more time right in the middle of her face. Mm. Leonardo didn't do this out of hatred for Faustina. She considered her a friend. She did this, and she said it in her own words. She said she did this to protect her son, Giuseppe, from this made-up bullshit guinea curse that's just, you know. Sacrifices must be made. It's the same reason Ronnie James Dio came up with the fucking, you know, the devil horns thing, because his old Italian grandmother said that she would do that to ward off the evil eye from people. Uh Uh-huh. So... Don't let Gene Sim- you know, fucking Gene Simmons try to fool you because he's like, oh, I made that. I'm not. Ronnie James Dio did because he is like four foot six and he was, yeah, yeah, like all the way from an Italian family. Um, okay. And his mo- he, uh, I, I watched a thing with him and I'm like, that I guess makes sense, you know? Of course, I'm going to believe him because it's Ronnie James Dio. I mean, the only bad thing he ever did was be in Black Sabbath and fucking ruin it. That band should have just dissolved after Ozzy left, but that's just me. Because should like, have. Dio Black Sabbath is the worst version of Black Sabbath. But Dio Dio is yeah, the best. Dio by himself is fucking incredible. I mean, Rainbow in the Dark, like Holy Diver, great fucking songs. He just didn't need to be with Black Sabbath because he didn't have the... It wasn't his thing. Anyway. It, it, yeah. So now Leonardo's about to go wild. Okay. Oh, boy. She moves Seti's body to a closet and then undresses her. Folds her clothes up nicely to keep them out of the way. Returns to the kitchen for a cleaver and a boning knife and then proceeds to cut her up into nine pieces. These pieces conveniently about the right size to fit into her giant ass crock pot because, you know, she wouldn't be an Italian mom without a huge fucking stock pot on hand. I am a firm believer in that, which is also another reason that I believe I might be Italian slightly because every fucking woman in my family has got like a 75 quart cock, uh, uh, crock pot, either a crock pot or just a giant ass fucking like stainless steel stock pot that you could boil a dog in, you know, he says slightly, slightly, just a little, <laughs> slightly. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> okay. 45 degree hand there. <laughs> Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, relax. Yeah. Oh, I'm Irish. No, you're still a fucking Nazi. So. First off, A, not Nazi. We, I was German. Uh, 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 I was my my German... family was on vacation from 1930 to 1950. My family actually wasn't there. <laughs> mm-hmm. My ancestor came here before <laughs> Russia, before Germany was a country. Yeah, and then they went back because they're like, man, that seems like a cool idea. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only have one relative I know that went back to Germany because he served there. When did he go back? Back in 1942, no. 43? No. Uh, They're in Vietnam. Man. He served in. So he was that era. trying to restart the movement in the 60s? I don't know. 70s. I'm not going to let you off the hook for this when you're picking on me for being Italian. So. <laughs> Your family is like bare minimum neo Nazis then. Whatever. There we go. Perfect. Anyway. It's fine. It's fine. You guys look really good with, like, no hair, too. Like, it's fine. Slick skinned up top. Just don't tell it to my dad. Just want to let you know. Oh, it's not his fault he's bald. <laughs> no, because he'll call you. Well, I mean, you know. Here's the thing, though, is I can run away from your dad now. <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> what's he going to do? Chase me? I'd feel bad. 
<laughs> He'll chase you on his fucking scooter. Yeah, he won't catch me, though. He might. I'm, I'm fat, but I can still run pretty good. That scooter's pretty fucking fast. What, his fucking pedal scooter that he's got? No. Oh, he's got a motor scooter now? Yeah, dude. He's not going to outrun my car. <laughs> if he gets and I'm not going to hit him with it, because that's fucking terrible. <laughs> if he gets into his... I'd still beat him because he has to get off his scooter and into his truck. It's true. And then hope it starts because it's a fucking diesel Dodge. His Dodge starts. I'll just pick a fight with him in the winter where he has to let it warm up first. That's true. <laughs> Goddamn oh. blow plugs. All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now that we've established that you're a Nazi. Um, <laughs> and we established you got fucking spaghetti fingers. That's fine. So she would spend the ne- the rest of the night um, loading parts of Faustina Seti into these pots and then rendering her down into quote a black sludge. She then moved the pot into, you know, she moved it down from a boil to a light simmer and then off heat in general, because that's, you don't just fucking take it off the heat. And I'm sure she seasoned her water first because that's the only goddamn way to do this. Okay. Of course she knows what she's doing in the kitchen. A little bit of fucking salt in there. Italian mom. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's going to make the ragu. Yeah. Fucking salt. You put some garlic powder in the water. You season that shit before your pasta even touches it. Exactly. Okay. And you put might possibly put a little bit of fucking oil in it. Yeah, you do. So it doesn't stick. I mean, this is this is pre, like you know, non-stick pots and stuff. Yeah. So of you, course you do the oil and it keeps it from sticking to the sides and burning on the bottom. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. Not a not a lot. Just a little. A little. It's like the size of a dime. Or whatever the Italian dime is. I don't know if they have it. <laughs> wow, it's, it's um, like fucking a swirl. So from there, she would let the sludge cool down and she would pour it into buckets and then one at a time take those buckets out and dump them into the septic system. That's not the weird part. <laughs> okay? Okay. The weird part is that as she was cutting this woman up, she collected all of her blood into another series of pots and pans and buckets um, and lets it coagulate. And once it got to a good consistency, she would spread it out onto winging it, probably a nonstick cooking sheet. You know, maybe put a little oil on there. You know, you rub it in good. If she's using cast iron, you know she didn't put fucking soap in it because that's a crime against humanity. You no. don't put soap in cast iron. Uh-uh. If you do, you deserve to be put in a fucking camp. Okay. I don't care what race, religion, creed, whatever the fuck you are. I don't care if you fuck dogs. You put Don Dish detergent in your goddamn cast iron frying pan, and you need to be beaten to death with wiffle ball bats. See, if you do that, though, that means you're really doing a deep clean to it. And no! Then, no! And then... Soap doesn't touch cast iron, you fucking... And then heathen. you have to re-season it. No! It doesn't matter. You re-season it anyway. You don't have Goddamn a- Philistine, you don't put soap... In a fucking cast iron pan. Well, first off, A, if you if you seasoned it the first time you got it, because you had to clean it to begin with. Yeah. Which is you have to you have to fucking wash it. With then, hot water. No soap. You should wash it with soap. No, you once. don't. Once. You disgusting fuck. Once. Mm. Once. And then you season it. Dude, I'm it getting with, fucking mad. <laughs> then you season it. Listen. I know there's people that listen to this that are going to come at you for this. So I'm leaving it in. Fuck. Let They're going to be like, listen. Let them. You are fucking disgusting. Bring it. You piece of shit. Whatever. You Half, fucking there's scumbag. There's people that listen to this the way you know what a fucking castor and pan is. So. Nick Arnold will come at you for this. Well, he can come at me all he wants. Bring it. And he's smarter than both of us. Well, that's so. fine. Okay. Anyway. So, she puts this blood onto a cooking sheet after it's coagulated. Puts it into the oven that she preheated during the commercial break. 
And then every so often she'd pull the sheets out, check it, you know, flip it, make sure you're getting a good even cook on both sides. And then put it back in and let it cook and dry and then harden up. So she would then scrape that into a big bowl and grind it into like a consistency of flour, but it's black. Okay. So she's cooked this woman's blood. Okay. She would then use the blood flour, uh, mix it with some sugar, eggs, chocolate. She's making little tea cakes with it. Okay. Okay. These weren't just for her personal use. She would sell these fuckers in the shop. Okay. And people, uh, by all accounts, loved them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Pretty fucking yucky. So I, I did listen to a few other podcasts cover this woman while I was working on it. And one of them asked the question, what's the motivation for using the blood and stuff like that? You know, my take is that, first of all, it's a good way to get rid of the blood because blood is a huge indicator that you've killed someone in your fucking house. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, it's possible that this was a ritual use of blood because there's a lot of black magic, occult, voodoo, uh, other variations of things where blood is used in rituals. Okay. So eight months later, September 1940, she would target France, uh, Francesca Savoy, S-A-O-S-O-A-V-I. So I'm going to go with Savoy. I don't know. It's sure. Doesn't sound Italian to me, so I can't say it good. I'll go with it. Okay. So she's a 55 year old widow. So this is the, uh, this is probably Sophia then. Cause I think she was a widow. There was, no, Blanche was a widow. Then All she was like, the- yeah, but then Blanche turned into a, like a hoe. No. Like <laughs> <laughs> Blanche no. was just whipping that thing all over town, man. Uh, no, I thought Blanche got a divorce. So did uh, um, Sophia. No, Sophia's husband died because he was a yeah. million years old. Yeah, and uh, and um, what's her name? Her her daughter. Uh, she got a divorce. B. Arthur. From yeah, from, I can't remember her character's name, but that was yeah. She got a divorce from uh, Stanley and uh, Betty White. She's a goddamn saint. Yes. She, her husband died, I think. Okay. So we're going to pretend that she's killing Blanche here then. Cause you know, we're not going to kill Betty wow. White again. Bl- Blanche was a hussy. She was a hoe. Like <laughs> she's doing hood rat shit. Like, I mean, she was kind of pimping, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Blanche was getting it. She, she was, <laughs> if, if the, she was to be the silver Fox. No, silver Fox is a man. It's a dude with like, Silverish hair, yeah. No. no, you're not a silver fox as a woman. She is just, you, no, she's an old hoe. Never mind. Like, I, I guess I, you didn't, you didn't get the the reference then. Kind of like uh, last time I didn't get the reference from uh, your movie. What are you talking about though? It's when uh, uh, what the fuck was the movie? Uh, what about the video game? The fucking uh. And he's like, he like starts to, the guy starts to live with his grandmother and her, her roommates. Grandma's boy. Yeah, grandma's boy. Yeah. With, with the, with the, his friend that fucking comes over and Just cause he, but he, so he got the she, reference wrong too, though. And he calls her silver fox. Yeah, but he got the reference wrong too. Cause you look at somebody like a Timothy Dalton. He's a silver fox. 
hey. old lady that's you know gilf grandma i'd like to fornicate with not that word. <laughs> I'm being polite. I've yeah. said cunt way too much to keep swearing. <laughs> uh, all right. Ben would think, Ben would probably say no. He calls his toaster a cunt, though, because he's English. <laughs> That's true. And goddamn, if we still have Australian listeners, they call everything cunt. Yeah, that is true. You know. That is true. I mean. They also abbreviated ACDC to Akadaka somehow, too, so. Okay. Not sure. Like, dude, fucking Australians are wild. Have you ever heard of a goon bag? Another Australian term, it's when you take a box of wine and you take the bag out that's in the box and you just drink it like that. It's a goon bag. Australians are fucking excellent. Okay. When I die, I want to be reincarnated as an Australian. Just not like near snakes and shit. You know, I want to be a city Australian. Ah, so you want to be in Sydney. No, I said city. Just not necessarily Sydney. I could be in, you know, one of the other ones. Brisbane? One of the other, it doesn't matter. Because there's nothing in the middle. It's fucking Mad Max in the middle. I don't, but like I civilized on the ends. I only know... Brisbane there's Melbourne, and, you oh, ass. Melbourne, too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I know three. That's all they've got. <laughs> they've got three fucking cities. Like oh, a handful Adelaide? Of is Adelaide? So one? four. they got four cities. Is, is Adelaide one? Yeah. I, I just... It just, is. I was spitballing there. It is. I didn't know if that was it fucking is. Scottish or if that was fucking... It's both, but it's in Australia, too. You know. Uh, I was just like hey, somebody will correct us right. on our fucking oh wow you know. on our lack of geographical skills, but that's not our fault. That's the public ed- education system here. Okay, I they're mean, too busy like making sure that you know everybody's pronouns to know how to fucking count or anything anymore. So listen, I never had pronouns in school. I just I didn't <sighs> learn about fucking Australia in the goddamn cities, except for Sydney and Brisbane and you know that's Brisbane. Whatever Brisbane, <laughs> shut up uncultured fuck <laughs> Ooh. i watch soccer can't say fucking brisbane you dickhead who cares anyway Douche. continue anyway. with this fucking uh so anyway she's about to kill this other bitch wacky, okay wacky, wacky do it uh, anyway so uh old francesca here she's been depressed for the last few years after her husband died um and she looked to leonardo as a friend you know because they, they've hung out together they can exchange stories and shit and uh, Leonardo had everything in the world going for her, and Francesca hoped that she could use something like that to help her out. Little did she know that her friend is about to use that against her. So Leonardo started giving her readings free of charge. No charge. We're going to take care of you because we're friends. Friend discount. Yeah, yeah. Five-finger discount, technically, if we're doing palm readings. True. So... um. Well, I mean, palm discount? No, you you don't read the fingers, so you don't count them. I said, it's the palm discount. Yeah, so it's five fingers that don't get counted. Five finger, no count. Discount. Okay, all right. So, see? Mm, see? I'll go with it. I'm making shit up as I go here. I didn't even fucking write anything. I'm looking at a blank screen. It's um, probably true. So, um, she finds out what Francesca's really looking for, and she wants, she's looking for a, a job. Basically, that's going to get her back on her feet, give her something to really be motivated to do. And Leonardo goes, I got it. There's an all-girls school that's always looking for help. You could teach, you could do whatever. She tells her, same thing. Sell everything. Write these letters. And then come back and see me. Francesca comes back with about 3,000 lira, which is a $1.45 American. 
I, I went to the store to buy a Coke before we started, and it was two forty nine. So your money is worth nothing. Mm. Your fucking spaghetti bucks need an update. Yeah. Um, fettuccine dollars. <laughs> uh, fettuccine dollars. Anyway. Uh, so one of the other shows I was talking, I, I watched, I listened to, I should say, um, they mentioned that the house that her and her husband <laughs> had lived in that got destroyed by the earthquake. They're like, oh, no, it was, it was just made out of, out of lasagna noodles. And they're like, no, no, listen, they mentioned something about ricotta cheese. And I'm like, yes, but the lasagna noodles are uncooked and use the ricotta. You, know, you use your ricotta as a fucking binding agent. It's the mortar of cheeses. You can hold it all together. Because if you cook the lasagna noodles and then make a house out of it, it's going to fall apart. Use uncooked, ricotta between them, slap them together. Whereas, like, insulation keeps everything fucking tight all together. So, anyway, back to this. Uh, when she returns back from all of her errands, um, she comes back to Leonardo's shop. And again, hey, fucking wine. Because it's 930 in the morning. So, you know. Start. What well, fucking better time? Start you? the start the day off the Italian way. When you're here, you're family. I like that. I keep getting to use the fucking Olive Garden tagline too. I mean, come on. Sponsor us, Olive Garden. I fucking dare you. You fucking wake up first thing in the morning. You <laughs> yeah. fucking drink wine. They use it like mouthwash. Yeah. You know, which is all wine really tastes like to me anyway. I fucking hate wine. You haven't drank in the white wine. I don't like wine at all. I've had go- I've had cheap wine. I've had good wine. I don't like wine. What wine have you had that's good? Uh, one of my friends at their wedding had like fucking $75 a bottle wines on the table and well, I did not enjoy it. Well, the thing is you have to go to a vineyard oh, God. to try Here it. we go with your white people problems again, Kevin. Going to vineyards and fucking until ascots. Until you've Fuck ever, wine. Again, until, if I want fruit juice, I will have fruit juice. Until you've ever been and actually tasted different wines until you, like, you could find a wine that you like. Like, I didn't like fucking wine, really. Here's the thing. For me, but it's not I the taste. One. It's the fact that when I drink it, I feel like I just drank sand. Because my mouth is super fucking dry. Because wine is dry. And I don't like that. Not all wine is dry. All wine is dry. No, it's not. All wine is dog shit. No, it's not. And every time I drink wine, I get headaches. Well, you drink the wrong wine. I'll drink champagne all fucking day long. Because I love disgusting. champagne. I'll drink cheap champagne, dude. Like... Episode 100, where I got fucking wasted while we were doing it. That was fun. Champagne's disgusting. I love champagne. It's actually gross. You don't have to mix it with orange juice or nothing. It's Just gross. right out the bottle. Anyway. It's gross. It's like seltzer. Except it's, it tastes good. It's fucking gross. Yeah, you're gross. Um, so, they have their wine. Um, the only thing that changes in the process here is, obviously, Francesca gets her fucking head caved in with an, uh, the hatchet. Um, only thing that changes is she's a bit, bit bigger than uh Faustina was. She's a, a, a plump woman. Um so after she processes her and starts to render her down, there's more fat than the previous time. So instead of pouring the fat down the drain, because that's a real good way to block up your pipes, you're supposed to put in a tin can, let it cool, then you throw the can out in the trash. It's a proper way to dispose of it. Okay? Instead Leonardo goes all fucking fight club and decides to use it to make soap. Smart move. So she had some perfumes and shit like that, some fragrances, um, and made what she described in her own words as, quote, the creamiest, finest soap. The Francesca soap. Yeah. She also made candles that she gave out to her family for the vigil when they were trying to find her. Gave this woman's family candles 
made out of her butt fat. Nice. That's fucking dark. That's like killing somebody and joining the fucking search party to find the body. <laughs> you know, because you're like, I don't know right where it is, but I'm going to pretend I don't know nothing. And just going along for the fucking ride. Just try to be real helpful. Some Ed Kemper shit. Okay. Uh, so, Leonardo is now starting to realize that she's really good at this. What she's not noticing... That she, you know, what she's not good at noticing is the fact that these people have families in the area because they're all from basically the same neighborhood. So Francesca's family members knew that she had gone to see Leonardo. So they decided to go talk to her. And she's like, no, come on in. Have a seat. Want some tea? I get these fresh cakes. Not some. Just made them. They're fresh. Uh, on the way out, this is when she gives him soap and some candles, you know, let me know if you need any more. It's on the house. Anything I can do to help. This woman's an asshole. Okay. Asshole. Late that same month in September, she would invite her neighbor, Virginia Carpaccio. There's Uh, no way she's Italian. No, Uh no, that's fucking swedish name if i've ever heard one that's fucking definitely so virginia is 53 years old um she was also the head of the italian italian society in town Ah. with a name like that um this woman spent years in her basement just smashing her own tomatoes for sauce i'd put fucking money on it you know fucking nona down there just stomping on the the tomatoes and you know so virginia is also a former opera singer in the soprano range uh pretty well known in the area for it say uh same story as the other two now third verse same as the first two um except this time it was i can get you a job working as a secretary for a wealthy man in florence you'll be making really good money surprise this guy doesn't exist but she didn't tell her that but she also told everybody like listen you can't tell anybody at all about where you're going or who this guy is because he's having an affair with me and like i said she looks like uh fucking what are those uh those monkeys with the really big noses bonobos looks like one of those if you stretch like an old catcher's mitt across it she's fucking gross uh so yeah this this handsome wealthy man is just anyway so because she was so confident in telling these people stories again and again virginia buys it she comes back with about 50,000 lira, which is $30 American if you're trying to keep up. Uh, and some other stuff that she had, whether she had some uh, bank bonds, jewelry, really nice silverware, good, some good shit. Basically like, hey, fuck it, here, take my stuff and pawn it. I dare you, because I'm going to go work for this dude that's, for some reason, having sex with you. Even though you look like an old man and you're gross. Italian Baba Yaga is what I'm going for, I think, here. Like, looks-wise. Yeah. It's not an attractive woman at all. Um, So, within the hour of Virginia returning, Leonardo's place is starting to, you know, there's uh, fresh-baked goods smell wafting out uh, through the windows where the cakes are cooling on the windowsill and a fragrant soap smell is kind of wafting out the window over top of them. She's getting really good at processing people at this point in time. Um, 
In her later biography, she would admit that this woman's bits made the best batch of cakes that she had ever done up with human ingredients. Because apparently, depending on people's diets, they taste different. So fun, fun fact. In case anybody out there is like dabbling in the idea of cannibalism, um, I invite you to eat my dick. <laughs> Not gonna say I've, I've no, no. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, if I was starving to death, I'm like. I'd try it anyway. Why not? You know, you try everything once. Fuck it. You gotta Except do butt you, stuff. You, you know? gotta do what you gotta do. I don't want nothing in my butt. I'll eat a person, Just a little bit. Not like I want like a, I don't know, like a New York strip. I guess like a small thin steak, and cook real good on both sides. I don't need a fucking a prime rib of person, or a, a filet mignon or nothing like that. And I know I mispronounced that. I did it on purpose. Yeah. Or a fillet, as fucking Gordon Ramsay calls it. Uh, they invented the English language and can't speak it. What the fuck, dude? Hey. Fillet. Get the fuck out of here. It's a fillet, you dickhead. It's a French word. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that, because he will actually <laughs> kill me. <laughs> um, so she starts to get a little sloppy here. Hey, Gordon. Just want to let you know. <laughs> that dude, like, legitimately scares me, too. Because you're like, he... Yeah, he's super mean to people on TV, but he doesn't back down from anybody. He would fight somebody on that show, I'm pretty sure. He'd probably kick their ass. I, I would. There's a couple of guys on Kitchen Nightmares that I'm like, you know what? If he busted this dude's face, I'd be okay with it because he's you know a what? dick. You know who, the, who gets him back, though? His daughters. Yeah. Well, watch him on fucking MasterChef Junior, and you're like, oh, he's such a sweetheart. And then you watch him call somebody a fucking donkey while they're cooking because they're a piece of shit. You're like, oh, man, there it is. There's the fucking magic. Uh, but yeah, but then he goes home and he tries to harass his daughters. You fucking walnut. And his oh. daughters fucking give it right back to him. On TV, yeah. But like in real life, they're probably like, oh, fuck, here he goes again. You know. God, shut the fuck up. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But okay, so she's got all kinds of money. Um, she's giving away all of this jewelry, all the clothing from all these women that she's killing. Um, she cashes in the bonds that have this woman's fucking name written on them. Like, eh, down to the bank we go, cash them in. I'll take the money. She's starting to spend tons of cash, which is making people kind of a little suspicious. Because yeah. this woman, for a while there, didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. But a few weeks after Virginia went in the pot, her sister-in-law gets one of these letters. She's pretty concerned about it because she kind of was passing through and watched Virginia walk into Leonardo's shop mm. and just kind of hung out for a couple hours. Cause she apparently had nothing to do and then realizes that that's weird. She didn't come out. So she goes to the door to confront this woman and she's welcomed in. She's like, Oh no, come on in. And she said she noticed a really bad smell in the air and there was a giant boiling pot on the stove. Um, She's super lucky that she didn't end up on, you know, a bar of soap herself. So she would end up going, actually going to the police. I mean, like some weird shit's going on here. My sister-in-law went in there. I never saw her come out. I don't know if she's got a back door or something that she snuck out. No idea. Then I go in and she's got apparently boiling human shit on the stove because it smells terrible. Um, but now that these three women are missing from the same neighborhood, the big connection here is that, Leonardo Cianciulli is a big part of their lives. She's a friend. She's a neighbor. 
you know, friend and a confidant. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to. I'm going to get so, uh, it's going to get stuck in so many people's heads. Now. I'm so happy. All 30 people that listen to the show. Um, so the police decide to go and ask her some questions. And she's, oh, no, come on in. They sit down at her table and she brings out a nice big fucking platter of these uh, little tea cakes. And everybody apparently enjoyed them. Real good. Nice and crispy. Good mouthfeel. Happy. Nice. Um, and they're like crunching on these things. They're like, hey, so about these women that are going missing, you know anything about that? And she's just, no, I, I, I don't know. No, 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 no. Mr. Superman here. No, 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 no. Um, um, so they go, yeah, we're going to arrest you, though, because a little suspicious. Uh... Um, <laughs> so with World War Two still going on, she would sit in prison for the better part of six years because not a lot of like civilian trials going on during World War Two. Because they kind of had more important shit to deal with, like uh, the Americans and English throat fucking them on their little boot, and then down to Sicily, just handing them dicks. You know, just a fucking manicotti with your dick stuck in it. Enjoy. Um, so the whole time she's sitting there, the police are at her house and her shop almost constantly, just scouring, looking top to bottom, gathering as much evidence as they can find. So they're now scratching their heads and twisting their mustaches. And the idea of this 50 plus year old woman being able to do this on her own is kind of not computing with them. And uh, this doesn't, this doesn't make much sense to us. I, I don't think, you know, so they come to the conclusion that her sweet baby boy, Giuseppe had to have been involved in some way, even though, you know, he'd been getting his shit pushed in by the good old U S and British forces while he was fighting. Mm. Um, so they arrest him, bring him in, and sit him down in the cell directly across from her. And as soon as she sees him, she fucking loses it. She's like, nope, nope, I did it. He had nothing to do with it, you know. Um, so they bring in Virginia's sister-in-law again, and they come up with a time frame for, the, uh, for this crime. And they figured that from the time Virginia entered to the time that this whole thing had been finished would have been about an hour. Okay. Again, she's really good at this. She's done it a time or two, literally two. Um, but they still don't buy it. And then when they bring Giuseppe in, she fucking just off her head. He's like, Nope, he didn't do anything. He had nothing to do with it. Full confession spills her guts, gives him everything. The police still don't think that she did this by herself, and they're threatening to put him to death after they've convicted him. And she makes him an offer. Says, you get me a judge? You can't refuse it either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going uh, to make you an offer. You fucking Marlena Brando. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she goes, you get me a judge and take me to the morgue. Okay. So in front of the judge, the doctors, and fucking God himself... This heavy set, 50 whatever fucking year old woman proceeds to process a corpse in less than 15 minutes into the nine pieces that she explained. So the times kind of argue depending on the source, but most people sources will say it's between nine and 12 minutes to chop the body up into the pieces. Um, so she's just standing there. She's like, 
the only thing I could picture was like when you watch uh, guys do calf roping at a rodeo and they're just like whoosh, time and they throw their hands up and she's yeah. like hacking this fucking body up, just throws her hands up and they just go, holy fuck, dude. Okay, so she, she did it herself. And uh, they're like, okay, yep. Back to your cage, you fucking animal. Um, so <laughs> they throw this crazy old bitch back in, the, you know, back in her cell. She did admit that Giuseppe played a very small role. He was sending out the letters from these people, but he didn't know it because she would mix them in with her mail that had to go out and him being a good kid. You know, he loves his mom. He's going to help her out. Of course. He's, Mama. he's making her mail run. You know, it's follow, following in his father's footsteps, being a mailman, you know? Yeah. Um, so he had no idea about this. And the only other thing that he had kind of helped with was, you know, Ma comes to him and goes, Hey, I got a pile of pork bones. I got them all wrapped up in some paper. Just do me a favor on your way to town. Chuck them in the river. Yeah. Cause that's fuck it. It's the river. You know, you throw it in, shit disappears. It's a garbage disposal. So he throws this pile of quote unquote pig bones in the river. Um, no idea. Maybe he's not a very observant fella. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's got some fucking uh, shell shock from, you know, watching 30,000 of his friends die around him because Patty Maine showed up and started slapping people with his, you know, his, his good hand. So then she really ramps up the confession. So during the trial, when the prosecution was trying to make a point, the prosecutor slipped up and didn't say something correctly. She objected. She objected, not her lawyer. She objected and corrected him. No, no, you're wrong. This is how I did it. Which you're probably not supposed to do. No. Like if you're trying to not get, you know, hung by your heels and beat with raw fucking noodles, uh-huh. you know. Um, <laughs> but she still plays the victim in court because she's like, listen, you guys have no idea. I've had a curse on my life since I was a teenager. My mother cursed me. And the judge is like, mm, yeah, you're gone. Um, would end up uh, sentencing her to 30 years in prison, plus another five years in a mental institution. Well, she's like a billion years old. Though. She was 50. So yeah, 85, she'd be out if she's lucky. Hmm. Well, she died at 79 of a brain aneurysm in the mental asylum. Oh. Um, there was not, there's not really enough material around to find out whether she actually outlived her kids or not. Um, but I do like to think that she probably didn't no. because, you know, Giuseppe probably just like, I'm going to go fucking, you know, make pizza dough or some shit for the rest of my life. Cause I've seen so many people die. Just so many people die. Probably. Um, what's really funny is that during the closing days of the war, when materials are really getting tight, she donated her cutlery and her stock pot to the war effort to oh, be melted down and used. That's nice. Um, yeah, it's really nice of her. Really sweet of her. <clears throat> yeah. Um, another thing is, I mentioning this at the end here, the first gypsy that she went to see when she did her palm rating said, in your left hand I see prison, in your right hand I see a criminal asylum. So the gypsy was fucking right the entire time. And uh, yeah, so she died in 1970. She was fucking old. That's what you get for picking on the gypsies. 
No, that's what you get for speaking to gypsies. They fucking will curse you. You ever seen Thinner? Listen, they didn't they didn't curse her. They just told her what her future uh, was. I think it's still a curse because it's you know words from a gypsy. She no 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 no. And these aren't even fun gypsies no. like like English gypsies where they just go beat the shit out of each other in trailer parks. Listen, those are fun. No, she can't see see first off, A, if she got cursed by a gypsy, it's two curses. So they they counter each other. So which then would mean that she's not cursed anymore. Yeah. Well, you can't be double cursed. I, I don't think gypsy curses counteract each other. No, I'm talking about her mama and then the gypsy. It's a, you have a gypsy curse and a guinea curse. They don't fucking, you know, the Dago curse does not outweigh the gypsy curse. It just doesn't work that way. Probably should cut that out. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I've been saying guinea all night long. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but Dago, is it Dago like a... It's no different than calling them guinea. Uh, okay. You know. I mean, Hold on. Let me uh, consult the actual internet racial slur database because I have it bookmarked on my computer because it's fucking hilarious. Okay. Okay. So, also, Ben, explain to Kevin what the difference between a gypsy and a pikey is. I think he'll really enjoy that. Uh, speaking of gypsies, we got to talk about Bartley Gorman at some point in time, too. Okay. The original king of the gypsies. Like, uh, no. Oh, Tyson Fury is king of the gypsies. No, this dude that was like actually his uncle is the original king of the gypsies. And he uh, fucked dudes up. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. We just spend a lot of time talking about a uh, an Italian female lady serial killer. And yeah. yeah, she was a female lady lady serial killer because she's a female and she killed ladies. So, that's true. Anyway, I'm tired. Well, if you want to hear more stuff like like this sort of, oh, you can boy. go on to this little place called Patreon. Go over to patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast, and you can for five bucks a month or more, you can listen to. Uh, Five, five is just fine. Five, unless fine. you're Canadian, then it's seven, and if you're British, it's four. So, kind of shows where our money's at. Hey, you know. or you can pay like twelve bucks British. I mean, whatever. I don't care. You know, yeah, we'll, we only we'll, need five. We'll say extra. If them. you if you give us extra, you're still only going to get the same shit. So just That's, okay. Five bucks. bare minimum is all we're asking for. Yes, that's all we're asking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we're not asking you to fucking mortgage your house and be like, no. here, here's thirty thousand dollars, you assholes. I mean, um, we could have something worth listening to. No, like fucking five bucks is fine. Listen, all we, and we understand if you can't afford to do it, it's fine. God damn it. I got kids to feed. I need your five dollars. You only have a kid. Shut up. They don't know that. Well, they know it now. Maybe I get kids elsewhere. Mm, some are here. Some are there. I don't know. Some are kids. I, I can't be accountable for where my dick's been. <laughs> I hope you better. I be. can't be held accountable for any of that. I was mm. drunk. So uh, oh, that's what I was taking advantage of. Anyway. So, uh, Yes. Go over to patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast. Yep. Five dollars a month extra. No, five dollars a month. You can do uh listen to an extra episode each week of yep. this shit. And uh also go over to studio.com and check them out for their Bluetooth headphones, earbuds, and speaker. And find what you like, put it in your basket, go to checkout, put the promo code of Dark Windows 15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. And this is also the point where we say, hey, do your little, uh, you know, social media shit. Go to yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all on there. You know it. I'm going to set up a MySpace. I think Ooh. it's still around. You think so? Huh. I'm about to find out. Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway. Yeah, with that said. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt myself. Um <laughs> We had a little bit of a technical issue with the very, very tail end of the episode, but that's okay. All you really missed out on was the fact that we missed 
rolling the cube, rolled it for me. I'm going to do, be doing a cryptid here in a couple weeks. Also wanted to throw something in here at the very end. Um, friend of the show, David, and his uh, lady friend, Sarah, have started their own podcast journey. And uh, they were kind enough to send us a trailer for it. And we want to play it so everybody here can... Uh, hear what they're going to be talking about and uh, go out and support them when they drop their first episode. So without further ado, welcome to the Macabre Emporium. Are you tired of hearing the same stories of true crime, weird history, and the paranormal? Now dubbed the Night Stalker, the crime spree covers 50 miles. The suspect varies the time, place, and type of attack, but he always enters through an open door or window. Watching John Gacy's suburban Chicago home for the past 10 days. They became suspicious when 15-year-old Robert Peast disappeared after he allegedly was last seen with Gacy. This morning, police searched Gacy's home and found the decomposed remains of three bodies in a dirt crawl space under the house. They suspect there are several more bodies buried here. In Miami, Judge Edward Cowart is expected to rule today on two defense motions in the trial of Theodore Bundy. He's accused of murdering two co-eds at Florida State. Good evening. The most intensive manhunt in New York City's history is over. The police have arrested a man they say is son of Sam, the killer who stalked the city streets for a year with a 44 caliber revolver, shooting to death six young people and wounding seven others. The suspect is David Berkowitz, a 24-year-old. A Virginia man claims he spotted Bigfoot. Oh, the next guest may have taken one of the best ever pictures of the Loch Ness Monster, a creature about two and a half meters long. Channel 10 News and the police department have been flooded with phone calls from people reporting UFO sightings. Don't worry, you are not alone. Hey, welcome to the Macabre Emporium. We invite you to experience the Macabre Emporium. Twice a month, we will bring you a lesser-known tale of true crime, weird history, or the paranormal. So come on in and browse the shelves of the Macabre Emporium. You never know what you will find here. Macabre Emporium is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.